This episode is sponsored by Fracht. Fracht means freight in German. Founded in 1955 in Basel, Switzerland as a freight forwarder, the company has grown and evolved to become a global logistics provider for many industries. Specifically for oil and gas, the company manages the complex movement of large industrial equipment used in our offshore production platforms, all the way to MRO, rope soap and dope, and chemicals. For more information, find them at www.frochtgroup.com. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, the Chief Sustainability Officer for Frac, a global logistics provider with an unflinching commitment to sustainability and ESG, and where we are collaborating with our customers and our suppliers to deliver innovative, sustainable supply chain solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined once again by the wonderful, talented Jacqueline Burton joining us from Norway, but today she is not here in her role as uh, a Kongsberg employee. She is here to talk about her board roles that she has and the organizations that I've asked her to talk about are SAMS, WISTA, and Captains Without Borders. And anything else that she's dreamt up between the last time we spoke and today. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me once again on ESG Energized. Thank you for having me. Could we start with with SAMS? We talked about it a little bit uh, in the last podcast. Could you tell my audience, what is SAMS? What is your mission? What does this organization do? Uh, So SAMS is the Sustainable Autonomous Mobility System Business Cluster. Uh, that's based here in Norway, and it's looking with an export-focused export autonomous mobility systems technology from the Nordics and Norway uh, in particular. So we have many member companies that are working on systems-level autonomous mobility solutions, with mobility being all... The the types? Types. Being all all types across all... Um, multimodal. Mo- we have uh, multimodal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a mobility uh, that's multimodal. So everything from we had uh, companies in SAMS that were doing autonomous drones. We had autonomous snowplows. We had uh, buses, cars, ferries, pipelines. Um, it, it really can be anything to move people or cargo from one location to another. Uh, One thing that we do focus on at SAMS is that we're looking at industrial technology. We're not looking at consumer goods. Um, So they have to have industrial applications. Um, And we want them to be system level and really collaborative projects that we take in. Um, So it's not one company delivering on a project. It's many companies together and coming together to really make a systems level solution. Some examples of the types of companies that are members of SAMS. You don't have to name anybody in particular. If you can, if you want, but the types of companies that are 
members of SAMS? Yeah, so we have uh, cargo owners that are members of SAMS that are looking and have uh, logistics needs, so kind of the customer groups, and we're bringing together um, really an ecosystem around uh, sustainable autonomous mobility. So we have cargo owners, we have technology providers, we have sensor providers, we have um, kind of collaborative analytics that's looking at uh, really teaching autonomous systems. We have system providers for uh, autonomous systems. Um, yeah, it really kind of runs the gamut of the from the customer to the research institutions. Um, but what we do focus on is industrial. And then the other thing we focus on is slightly higher maturity levels than some of the other clusters uh, that work in the space. Um, So we're looking at a maturity level or a technology readiness level of six and up. So they have a proof of concept and we're going from proof of concept to full commercialization uh, versus, you know, ideation phase (laughs) without a proof of concept, um, which, you know, if you don't know anything about technology readiness levels. There's a whole bunch of stuff uh, you can start on Wikipedia to get a really quick rundown. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're looking at you know not mature solutions yet, but on their way to commercialization. Okay, so give us examples of some fun, exciting projects that you guys are. Working on. Yeah, so um, there's a few projects that your listeners might have heard of. Uh, one of them would be Yara, and Consberg is also a member of the cluster. So my day job is also of course it is they're a member. <laughs> um, but one of them is uh, the Yara Berkland, which is a vessel that's moving um, fertilizer cargo uh, in southern Norway. And that vessel is taking 40,000 trucks off the road every year. Um, They used to truck it from their production factory to an export terminal. And now they'll have uh, a ship that is doing short sea shipping and happens to be a fully electric vessel that's autonomous uh, and operating in the southern Norwegian waters uh, to bring from their facility to the export terminals. That is very exciting. And, of course, this is just short range. Yeah. This is not big ocean-going vessels. No, no, they're not large ocean-going vessels. Most of the the vessels for, like, the waterborne transport that SAMS is dealing with, they're not large ocean carriers. They're looking at short-sea solutions. And some uh, players are also looking at, you know, the kind of solutions where you're moving things to inland waterways as well. so things like uh, yeah, like inland waterways inside of Europe, um, there's quite a lot happening in that space, which is quite an interesting space um, because it tends to be a bit low cost. So it's interesting the solutions that they're actually coming up with um, to move trucks off the road and to move that cargo onto rivers and canals instead. Uh, where it's actually much more efficient to to carry that cargo uh, for emissions per uh, ton mile anyway. Wow, that is exciting and innovative. Give us a view into the future of how you see this these types of solutions take off. how what is what does the future look like? what is what is the adoption? 
look like for us? Well, some of the future is already here. Um, so some of it is like autonomous snow plows at airports to clear the runways. Because you can have oh, them okay. uh, run at a very predictable frequency. You know exactly when they're going out, when they're coming back. Uh, you know what the conditions are because of all the sensors that are on board. So that's some things that are actually already in operation uh, here in Norway. One of the member companies in SAMS is uh, delivering those kind of solutions. Then you have uh, like rock trucks for mining that happen to be fully autonomous in a controlled environment because in the mine they don't allow any people <laughs> and they have uh, autonomous mining going on, um, which is really an interesting space as well. And then you have uh, some projects that are just getting ready to deliver. So if you watch out next summer uh, at the Olympic opening ceremonies in Paris, there will be some autonomous vessels from one of the members of SAMS oh. from Hike uh, that will be taking part in the opening ceremonies because they're pushing for more and better utilization of the inland waterways to move transport from the road. So there'll be passenger carriers uh, that it will be operating during the Olympics in Paris that happen to be autonomous small surface ships. That is exciting. What if, what if other organizations are interested in getting involved in these activities in this development? Is Sam accepting other, other members? Yes. Sam's is accepting members. Uh, and international members. You don't have to be a Norwegian company to take part in SAMS. Um, what we do look for in members, because every member has to be approved, they apply to become a member. Um, okay. And then they get approved by the board. So we go through every application that we get and decide whether they would be a good fit with the ecosystem of SAMS. Uh, so SAMS, we have members from research organizations and universities up through um, cargo owners and people with you know large-scale logistic needs, and then also municipalities. Um, so different cities and town governance boards can also become members of SAMS because they have logistics needs at a system level um, where they're looking at uh, people transport and what that infrastructure might need to look like because some of the companies in SAMS are also looking at infrastructure. Um, so we look for an international members because our focus is to export technology from Norway and the Nordics. We're looking for the kind of customer groups that are needing these large-scale solutions. Um, so companies with large logistics needs, companies that are looking at uh, digitalization and automation of their supply chain, and how that might work at a, a systems level as you know, needing a co co-created special solution uh, made by many companies that are located here in the Nordics. That are collaborating. Exactly. Fantastic. So can we put a link in the show notes yeah. for Sam of so course. people to get more information? Okay. We'll do that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And now what? can we s switch gears a little bit to WISTA? Mm -hmm. Describe that organization and its mission. Yeah, so WISTA is the Women's International Shipping and Trading Association. Um, so there are you know, over 3,000 members in, I think, 35, maybe more than that, countries. Uh, I haven't checked wow. in a while. It's quite a lot of countries. We have every year at the International uh, Summit more, more member nations taken in. Uh, but I'm on the board of WISTA Norway, which is the Norwegian 
uh, branch of WISTA. And we have about 300 members in Norway. We have about 10% of them are men who are really looking for making a more diverse uh, maritime industry, not just at sea, but also uh, ashore. And looking at you know promoting equality and diversity as as values, um, we have a, so that's the mission of the organization. Yeah, it's to support and um, mentor and create more opportunities uh, for women in leadership in in the maritime industry. Um, but before it used to only accept executive level women, but now we've opened it up because it's about building a pipeline of talent in the end. Ah, you yeah. have to take people in and support them at where they are in their career before they can develop to those leadership roles. So if you're taking them only after they've gotten there, you're limiting impact in a lot of ways. So. At Wisdom Norway, we have a campaign that we launched uh, March 8th last year um, called 40 by 30, which maybe you've heard about it because it is around sometimes. Um, so we have 40 by 30. Yeah, so okay. we have a lot of companies that have signed on the 40 by 30 pledge saying that they pledge to strive to have 40% women in leading positions in their company by 2030. And. Aha. In some industries, that doesn't seem very ambitious, but in the maritime industry, yeah, it, it's quite ambitious. Um, right now, of the reporting, including you know non-technical roles in the maritime industry, you're getting you know twenty nine percent tops um, women, as far as the last yeah. survey, the IMO, IMO and Wista International. Uh, gender reporting survey that came out uh, in November, I think, and it was. So, can you give us some? Can you give us some ideas of some projects and activities, and and perhaps is are there any activities that are aimed towards our youth to get them excited and interested in in the maritime industry? Well, there is. But they're not, it's few and far between. It's usually, you know, at a national level or below, uh, depending. Okay. Um, so I think one part of it is visibility and being visible. And I think that uh, some people in the maritime industry and some women in the maritime industry have done a really great job at being visible role models in the industry. And I think that that's something that's very important. And when we had... Actually, if you go to the Wista Norway website, there's a, a report that we put out from the companies that had signed on to 40 by 30. We had a workshop with them on the barriers of attracting and retaining women in the industry and how uh-huh. we can do about that. Um, so there's some action points there in that report. Um, but we put that out and we had a lot of you know, action points are, you know, promoting and being visible and being involved in uh, recruitment and making sure that people know that the industry even exists in general. Um, yeah. Also making it, you know, a more inclusive and less, I don't know how to say, uh, less harassing industry than it currently is. Um, because, 
a lot of the industry still practices hazing and you know that's not yeah. good for anyone and a lot of the no, industry not. is not um emotionally intelligent and likes to pretend that if uh if you're equally mean to everyone then it's a good workspace which it's not um so <laughs> what a concept you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done there uh in the in the industry overall but there's some action points actually in the the report so i would say uh, to go and visit that and to look at 40 by 30. we will put that in the show notes and yeah we'll put that in the 40 show notes. by 30 is not restricted to norwegian companies so if you're not a norwegian company and you want to sign on to 40 by 30 you still can you can say that we are striving for this and it's a goal that we have and we want to kind of collaborate with the other companies that are also trying to do this and to find out what those best practices are and how we can apply them. Um, so we'll be doing an event at the SHE conference, which is the social and human equity conference that happens in Oslo um, in April, I believe. And then we'll also be doing a lot of events at North Shipping. So if companies are coming to North Shipping and are interested in WISTA, There'll be a program in North Shipping called Waves of Change. Um, that I'm Waves of Change yeah. or Ways Waves of Change? Waves of Change. Like for the Waves scene. of Change. Yeah. And yep. um, I'm I'm organizing some of that as well <laughs> in my, my board role. So some of the events and the speakers and, and other things. But um, they can also get involved in the Waves of Change. They can sign on to 40 by 30. Um if they're interested in, in WISTA or WISTA Norway, there's a WISTA International website and a WISTA Norway website. And then there's also, um, I would say, if they're looking for speakers for events, WISTA International has a speakers bureau alongside of the IMO for female speakers in the maritime industry and female ex- experts to be listed. And it is free to go through the listing and find those speakers and make sure that you don't have any all-male panels again, because it's really tiring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we were, we're going to put that information in the show notes. And if you will permit me, I'd like to segue into Captains Without Borders. Yes. Tell us about that. You started telling us on the last podcast can we can we dive deeper into it? Yeah, we we definitely can. So Captains Without Borders, I was one of the founding board members for that. So Alex Haggerty, who um, is also a licensed captain, uh, asked me if we might be able to to start this foundation, and if I would be willing to come on board and help give it uh, shape and direction. And when we were looking at the social problems in in the maritime industry and, you know, like the ILO report, the International Labor Organization report, that there's going to be a shortfall of 70,000 seafarers by 2026. And that there are so many cadets that send us private messages on different social platforms asking, you know, how do you get a cadetship? Uh, we are really looking at there is locked talent in the industry. There are people who have studied and who have worked really hard and that are really talented and brilliant, but they can't get cadet time in the industry and they can't get a job in the industry because of the country that they happen to be have been born into. And the past And why is that to carry 
Why is that? What is what are the what is the the barrier or the barriers? But one of them is you know the industry being a bit lazy. So the industry has spent time building, <laughs> you know, training facilities and building a network and a pipeline of seafarers from very specific countries. Uh, some of that was from labor practices. Some of that was from regulatory practices. But, you know, if you have one of those passports, it's much easier to get into the industry. Um, so you can probably guess which nationalities I might be referring to uh, where they have, <laughs> okay. you know, a pipeline of people coming in. But then you have so many other countries that have maritime competence, that have, you know, long coastlines that are not being sourced for talent. And those are you know, South America, that's Africa, that's the Middle East. And none of that labor is necessarily more expensive than the labor that they're getting from the countries that they're sourcing from. Uh-huh. But they don't necessarily know exactly how good that training is. Because they have experience with this one training facility. And it's the same if you have a company and go, well, we hire graduates from this university. It's lazy. And you're never going to get the best minds that way. You're going to get some really good people and you're going to have some mediocre people. And you won't get all of the really good people. Because, like I said last time, opportunity may not be evenly distributed, but potential is. There is potential all over the world that's not being able to access the labor pools because they're locked out because of where they happen to have been born. And I think that that's wrong. I think it's a social injustice. (laughs) And I will stand on my small soapbox and say they have talent and they belong in an international industry like we have. But on, beyond that, Jacqueline, we've we've talked about this before that the diversity and include diversity and inclusion is not just about writing social injustices. Mm-hmm. It is good business. Yeah, you because you're missing out on eighty percent of the mi- greatest talent there is. Exactly because you're exactly. missing out on eighty percent of the population. Right, and so. It just, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, you know, there, there's a different way to think about this. Yeah. It is, it's good business for us to, to have more diverse workforces because you get that, you get not only the, the additional talent pool, mm-hmm. but you get different perspectives that allow for a better result when, as we keep talking about, we collaborate, mm-hmm. we come together. Uh, so-, so what's next? What's next for Captains uh, Without Borders? So what are, Captains what, Without Borders, we, we were to? lucky enough to actually get picked up by North Shipping as their charity partner this year. So if you go to North Shipping, you can donate to Captains Without Borders. If you own or operate ships, we would love it if you would partner with us to take some of these cadets that are not given opportunity to go to sea. They have finished their studies and they need their sea days to get their license. We're not saying you have to keep them as third mate. You don't have to keep them as second mate. You don't have to keep them as third engineer, but please give them the opportunity to learn. Give them the opportunity to get practical work experience and to be able to get their license. Give them the opportunity to have 
someone to put on their resume and maybe even a reference where they can break into the industry because there is talent out there. Uh, we have one girl from Kenya who's amazing, who paid her entire way through school by selling cakes. She was given a scholarship that she couldn't take to, f- to go to school in France because she didn't have the other half of the money and she couldn't pay for it. And she is brilliant. She cares about the industry so much. Her dream is to go on icebreakers. We are trying to find her a ship and you would not believe how difficult it has been. We've been trying to get her a ship for over six months and companies are just not willing to extend that opportunity to people like her because of the passport she happens to carry. And I think that that's wrong. I think that there's so much talent and potential in her and she cares so much to be part of this industry and she has access to some of the greatest mentors but mentoring won't get her there she needs to be sponsored and a company needs to step up and say we're willing to extend this opportunity because it may not work out but both of you can learn something and both of you can gain new perspectives and new value that you haven't had before Maybe it will work out yeah. brilliantly, but you have to give it that chance. Yeah, we can't. It, it, it's ridiculous to ignore a huge segment of the talent pool. Can we put also in our show notes the link to the North Shipping website? Yes, yeah. There's uh, North Shipping. The Captains Without Borders also has a website. Uh, We also have direct donations there. Uh, We give out also some scholarships and to help people finish their studies as well. Um, And we are right now judging on a case-by-case basis. We have a great board. Um, Jillian Carson-Jackson, who is the past president of Nautical Institute, is on the board of Captains Without Borders. And she's just amazing and so passionate about this. And we really want it to make a difference because there's so much talent out there that's just not able to get into the workforce. So close out our show with repeating that tagline about opportunity and potential. So at Captains Without Borders, we believe that opportunity is not evenly distributed, but potential is. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, we've had this pleasure with Jacqueline Burton. Thank you again for joining ESG Energized. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.